And so you don't have the ability to control everything. You can't control people. You can't necessarily control the government, the weather, whatever. But what the one thing that you do have the ability to do is you have the ability to let not your heart be troubled and maintain that peace. As you maintain that peace, you become undevourable by the enemy. The enemy does not know how to manage a peaceful Christian. And what mm. ends up happening is you end up being more spirit led. You end up being more confident. See, peace is peace. A lot of times it's confidence. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. And a lot of times we think of a lion's boldness in his roar, but really a lion's boldness isn't displayed in his roar. You have the boldness of a chihuahua, you have the boldness of a lion. A chihuahua's always got something to prove, right? <laughs> always barking, always running its mouth. If you look at a lion, most of the time is at rest. The lion most of the time just laying around. That's good. Why? Because the lion knows its king. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is my good friend, Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah spent the first 19 years of his life as a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, until a radical encounter with Jesus set him free, enjoying the beauty and freedom that a relationship with Jesus provides. He was then ushered into 14 years of legalistic Christianity that proved to be an even greater bondage than the drug addiction and alcohol alcoholism. Pause. <laughs> That's deep, man. Wow. Jeremiah then encountered the true gospel of grace, which returned him back to his first love, Jesus. Now he enjoys the true freedom that amazing grace provides. With 15 years of full-time ministry behind him, Jeremiah is in full stride to share the good news of Jesus and his unfailing love. Jeremiah is the senior pastor of Grace Point Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. He's an author and also has an active traveling ministry. Welcome, Jeremiah, to the Living by Grace podcast. I'm excited. I've been wanting to have you for so long, dude. Oh, man. I know. It's been a amen. year, man. We finally able to corral him. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Yes. I've already repeated and apologized many times, so <laughs> I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? There's no condemnation in Christ, man. I love yeah. And, but I love uh, you. And I appreciate you and you're a friend. And yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, Jeremiah is such a good friend, man. And I made sure that I had at least three months of podcasts in the can before I even started. So that takes the pressure off. Yeah. So I'm way ahead of the game. All right. That's right. Cool. Yes, sir. But hey, we got you, man. I want to turn you loose, man. Okay. What's on your heart? What's God doing in your life? What's okay. God saying to you? What's going on, bro? Okay. Yeah. There's a few things. I think as of late, I would say one of the major transitions in just my thinking and the way I'm viewing the world. A few months ago, God really started ministering to my heart about just the importance of fathers and mm. how that fathering paradigm 
is really what's going to invoke change in the world that we live in. And uh, there's so many different words concerning fathers and talks about turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children, Mm -hmm. hearts of the children's back to the fathers. And uh, we live in a time when there's just a lot of division and uh, a lot of division between the generations and just the importance of that in viewing the world through those. Paul, or Paul said, you know, you have many instructors, but not many fathers. Mm. And a lot of folks just need, because we have a father, we have a father in heaven, and we have that father-son relationship. And that is the type of Jesus came and died so that we could have that relationship and relate to God as a father. And so that is the, that's the dynamic of the kingdom. We have a loving father He's mm-hmm. on our team. He's for us. He's on our side. Yes. We've been cleansed. We've been made righteous. We've been made holy through the blood of the lamb. And now we're in the family. And now, you know, we have this opportunity to enjoy relationship and the beauty of that relationship. And yes, the, fa- the father loves us. And because he loves us, he'll bring in correction, but it's not correction under condemnation. It's mm-hmm. correction of truth under freedom. And that is, that's a powerful dynamic, but then also just through, through God wants me to see the world as a father. And cause so many people, they weren't fathered and they weren't fathered properly and people need to be fathered. They need someone who's going to love them and support them. And father is not looking to take a father's looking mm. to give that's and good. yeah, fathers aren't takers, they're givers mm. and a father is not self-centered or self-focused. The Hebrew word picture for the word father is the ox. And the Mm. ox is a sacrificial animal. And you know, what a father does is they give. And I just see a whole generation of people who need to be fathered and they need to be loved and they need somebody's shoulders to stand on. They need someone to be a base and a foundation for them. And as I've made that kind of transition in my thinking, Um, it's just changed the way I view the world around me. When you see somebody and they're walking and they're in a state of arrogance and they're in a state of pride and it really, what's happening is that individual has not been fathered. That individual has not had someone to love them, believe in them. So they felt like they got to do it on their own. That orphan spirit Mm -hmm. tries to say, I got to do it on my own. I don't need nobody. I'm going to do it. I got it. I got this. I'm going to do it. And that a lot in, in, in all generations, but younger generations. And the reason being is because they haven't been fathered. I just feel just a call for that. And as I've embraced that, man, God has just brought in a lot of younger people around me for me to, to father and to be that voice of love and to be that voice of encouragement and even correction. And that's something that I've been stepping into in my personal life. And it just changes the way I view the world around me. And I mean, that statistic of fatherlessness is the, it's the primary, it's the common denominator of people that are in prison, of Mm. people. That's the number one thing. The number one thing for people in prison is fatherlessness. It's not a, it's not a, it's not really boring. That's the common denominator. I just see a world that's filled with orphans, man and uh, that need love. And so we have a father in heaven and he wants to love them and he wants to help them and he wants to be there for them. And um, the way that he wants to do that is through us. And we live in a world that's really been attacking masculinity, you know, and saying that it's Mm -hmm. toxic and all these types of things. And the reality is that true masculinity is actually not toxic at all. It's actually very healthy. The reason that God made you strong, the reason God gave you provision 
the reason that God made you a man is so that you can protect and so that you can nurture and so that you can help. And all of these strengths and things that have been given to us is for the purpose of there's a difference between a father's love and a mother's love. There's something different about it. And it's powerful, man. And it helps set people into their destiny. And it's a big part of what I believe God's doing in the earth. When John the Baptist came, he came in the spirit of Elijah. He came in the spirit of Elijah and he was to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, hearts mm -hmm. of the children back to the fathers. And there's a healing of just a curse that the enemy would try to bring against the world. And I know Jesus took the full curse on the cross, but a lot of the rebellion that we're seeing, a lot of the crime and the promiscuity and all of these things that we see that's happening in the world today is a result of fatherlessness. And so we have a father in heaven. He wants to love these kids, man. And uh, he wants to turn their hearts back to him. And I do think a big part of that is fathering. And so anyway, that's just a, that's a piece of something that God has been placing in my life. And so that'll be the first thing that I share. And then I'll move on to some other things later. Oh, that's good stuff. So if somebody says, hey, I recognize that I need fathering, how does one yeah. find their father? Man, I tell you, you have to be careful because I have personally been fathered incorrectly by everybody that tried to father me. For, my <laughs> wow. For real, That's man. Sad. Like my, my natural father, my spiritual fathers, they all basically failed. And so mm. when you open yourself up to a relationship dynamic like that, you're making yourself vulnerable. And I, I think that you have to be very careful. You have to be very prayerful. And I think really the, in the primary, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. The primary that's thing good. that's going to set somebody up and make them viable to be a father is not their charisma. It's not their teaching. It's not their gifting. It's the presence of love. Does wow. this individual love you and wow. care for you in a genuine fashion? Because Good. If you're submitting to yourself to anything other than love, then you're opening yourself up to be manipulated. Wow. And there's a lot of manipulation and even witchcraft that's taken mm. place in the name of people claiming to be fathers. And really, they were just using people to build their own kingdom. Wow. And so, that's so uh, good, man. Yeah, man. A father's not looking to take, a father's looking to give. So I would say, how do you find it? Man, you got to do it prayerfully and really acknowledge the Lord in it, ask God for it. And then, and then also look for that, look for love, man. Cause love is that key ingredient, which is the character of Jesus. Cause love is safe. Yeah. Yeah, man. That, that's so good. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot of manipulation going on. And like you say, people are trying to use people for their advantage rather than being a true father and showing that love. You really hit on it, man. Because yeah. You just cannot let anybody father you. Yeah, you gotta, no, uh -uh. got to be people that have your best interests at heart. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's huge right there. Yeah, yeah. That's why Paul said you have 10,000 instructors, but not many fathers. Not many fathers. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, we don't have to spend all the time on that. But I just, mm -hmm. that's just something God's been revealing to my heart a little bit. No, that's good word, man. Good word. Yeah. What else you got, man? Okay, yeah. And this is what this is where I'm at right now. 
I'm still on that, but I'm still mm-hmm. trying to renew, I'm renewing my mind to that. But also, man, where God's had me, man, is just how important, you, know, you talked about direction. You've been ministering on that and just, we have the spirit of God in us and knowing the right thing to do. And I really feel like in the days ahead, it's so important to be led by God's spirit and to navigate these waters because we're living in a time when everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're living in a time when governments are shaking, the dollar is shaking, stock markets are shaking, everything's shaking, but everything's shaken so that which cannot be shaken may remain and be shown to be true and to be real. And nobody really knows how to navigate the days ahead except God. And God knows how to lead his people, not just to get by, but to flourish and to prosper and to increase and to grow and to shine because we are called to shine. And certainly darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness of people, but the light has risen upon us and it is the best time for the church in our lives. And because the light that's on us is going to shine out into the world. And I'm telling you, man, the harvest is is full right now of souls mm-hmm. and of people searching and people needing because everything's being shaken. It's, it's a wonderful time for the church. And historically, if you look at the way God does things, anytime there's famine or recession or something like that, in biblical times, there's always been a transfer of wealth and a transfer of influence. And we see it in the life of Abraham. During a time of famine, he went down into Egypt and, and he was at that, and he made mistakes even while he was in Egypt. But God, because of God's amazing grace, God blessed him and increased him. And that time of famine was actually a transition point where Abraham was raised up even higher because Abraham, because the blessing of God upon him was not contingent upon what was going on in the world around him. Mm-hmm. And so the blessing that's on us is stronger than recession or the price of gas mm-hmm. or the price of eggs. And when things are shaking, it's actually time where God's going to show his favor strong on behalf of his people. When all hell broke loose in Egypt, there was still light in Goshen, the Goshen yes. unaffected by the things that were going on. And when Isaac sowed in the year of famine, reaped a hundredfold. When you're reaping a hundredfold in a time of famine, man, you're just going to skyrocket influence. And people are going to look to you like, what in the world are you doing that we're not doing? And then at that stage of the game, man, we can start pointing people to Jesus important and pointing people to the kingdom. So I feel, even though I know that the persecution against the church is ramping up and we're seeing all kinds of stuff like that's happening, man, we're unaffected by this stuff. Like we're created for this. And so I really feel like in the days ahead, if we can be spirit led and allow God to lead us and to guide us in our decision-making and what we do and all these types of things, man, we'll be at the right place at the right time around the right people And I just see blessing after blessing and increase after increase. And it's going to draw people into the kingdom. It's going to draw people to Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. And (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, man, because we're right here on this great awakening. We're right here on this tremendous harvest of souls. And uh, it's just so, and so anyway, and so for the leading in the direction really is one of those key elements. And so in order to be led by God effectively, number one, we got to honor scripture. Obviously, that's the primary way that God leads us. But then secondarily, we're going to be spirit led in what we do. And so in order to be spirit led, one of the things that we have to do 
is we have to understand how to ha- how to operate in peace. And I really believe that the, that element of peace, God wants his people living in peace. And, uh, and Jesus has given to us his peace. And so this peace is going to help lead us and guide us. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? The spirit of, when you have an absence of peace, the spirit of God is telling you, no, it's telling you not to do that. Like if you're about to make a decision, Bible says it'll allow the peace of God to umpire in your heart. And so when you're about to make a decision, let's say you're going to make a business decision or a ministry decision or even a family decision and or a relational decision. And all of a sudden down here, you get an absence of peace. That's God protecting you. That's God leading you around that and saying, don't do that. But so many people don't currently have peace. Like they're not operating in peace right now. And so they don't even know what it's like to have an absence of peace. We live in a time when when Christians are living afraid with anxiousness and fear and eyes on the stock market, eyes on the news, eyes on wars and rumors of wars. And so their hearts have been just over, just thronged by the cares and the affairs of this life. And so we got a lot of good people who God loves his children, but they're not operating in peace. And because they're not operating in peace, it's difficult for them to be led by the spirit. And it's difficult for them to really navigate the waters we're in. And so one of the things God's had me on here recently, just in my church is really taking some time to really teach on how to operate in this piece. And this piece that we're talking about, I'm not talking about a piece that you're trying to get. I'm not talking about a piece that you're trying to accomplish. I'm talking about operating in the peace that Jesus has already given to you. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He said, my peace, I leave to you. And so like Jesus gave us his peace. And you have to understand that Jesus's peace is very powerful. And the concept of peace that the scriptures reveal is different than what we would speak about in our English vernacular. We're not talking about hippie peace. We're not talking about peace. We're talking about this Hebrew concept of peace, which is shalom. It's a powerful peace. It's a nothing missing, nothing broken peace. And it's an it's actually an aggressive peace. And we see Jesus's peace on display when he's in the boat going to the other side and the disciples are freaking out and uh, Jesus is asleep in the back and they wake him up and, and they're wigged out and Jesus <laughs> unleashes his peace on the storm. And as he unleashes his peace on the storm, actually calms, the storm actually stills. And so Jesus carried a peace that he could release and it was a powerful peace and it was an aggressive peace. And uh, the I context like of scripture says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And so we have this concept of peace being passive, but the biblical concept of peace is not passive. It's aggressive and it will seek out things that are in disarray and seek out things that are in chaos and it will bring order and it will make things that are right. And Jesus teaching his disciples how to operate in this. He said, when you go to a city, release your peace. If If the house is worthy, release your peace onto the house. If the house is not worthy, your peace will return back to you. Like what he's talking about, it it sounds like superhero type stuff. Like you got something in you that you can actually release and you can use. Mm -hmm. And the reality is is that it's true that we have been given this peace and and it's Jesus's peace. And when you see Jesus walk and Jesus live, you never see him hurry. You never see him worried. You never see him hasty. Everybody's trying to kill him. Everybody's trying to come against him. Jesus walked 
in a, in, in, in a peace, in a coolness about him. He was never fretting about anything. And the source of all of this peace is the fact that Jesus was right with God. Jesus had mm. no sin in his life. And he had a righteousness from God that was given to him at his birth because he bypassed Adam's sin by being born of a virgin. And his blood was not tainted with man's blood. The blood of a child is determined by the father, not by the mother. And so Jesus was born righteous, right? So he lived in right standing with God. He never sinned. And so now he's given unto us this gift of peace that comes out of the fact that we're not right with God. And this cycles into grace. This cycles into the gospel. It's the gospel of peace. It's the gospel of grace. And the peace that the, the source of peace that we have comes from the fact that we're right with God. It comes from the fact that the cross was a success, that all your sin has been paid for, past, present, and future, and your sins and lawless deeds he will remember no more. And so the place where I the well that I drink from to maintain this peace is the gospel. It is the fact that that I'm right with God 24 hours a day, seven days a week regardless of my behavior. I'm not encouraging people to act like idiots, not encouraging people, if you want to run out and do dumb stuff, you're going to get dumb results, but your mistakes <laughs> are not going to undo what the cross did. Your mistakes right. are not more powerful than what Jesus did on the cross. That's when right. he said it was finished, it was. And so the reason that we have this peace is because the debt has been paid in full. And so anyway, <clears throat> that's the source of that peace. And then learning how to maintain that peace and keep that peace in your life and learning how to navigate that. And so that's like, you know, I don't want to talk too much because I feel like I'm preaching a little bit. I don't know. Go ahead, man. All right, cool. I just, I want to make sure. Yes, sir. So, anyway, so once you have that peace and you do, once you're born again, you got to learn how to use it, man. Because what happens is I'm trying to find like a prop around here or something. I'm in my room, but if you got like a blanket or something, and, and you're sitting on your couch and you're cold, if that blanket is next to you and you're cold, you should take the blanket and move it on you so that it will warm you, right? We have a peace that has been given to us. It's in our possession. But what happens is we'll allow things to rob us of peace. And so there you are and you don't have peace guarding your heart. And when you're not in a position of peace, you're more likely to fight with your spouse, fight with your kids, fight with your coworkers, live afraid, live fearful, and not be spirit-led. Because the process of being spirit-led is the presence or absence of peace a lot of times. You feel the spirit mm. compel you to do something. You feel the spirit say, eh, don't do that. And so if I'm living without peace, and I got the blanket of peace, but it's not on my heart, and then I'm living in this place where I have no peace. And so what ends up happening is when you're operating outside of peace, this world just runs you, man. And, you know, you're in traffic and you have no peace and you're mad in traffic and you're in the line in Kroger and you have no peace and you're upset while you're in line. And then this happened and that happened. And so the thing that God's really been ministering to me is guard your heart with peace and make sure you stay in peace. Because here's the thing, nobody has the ability to take your peace from you. We give people our peace. Someone makes us mad in traffic, they don't have the right to take your peace. But if you don't let not your heart be troubled, 
and maintain that peace, then what ends up happening is you're giving your peace away. No person or nothing should have the ability to take your peace from you. And what happens is we actually just let go of our peace and then we're living without peace. And then next thing you know, we're not spirit led. We're hasty. We're fearful. Temptation comes in. Temptation is more effective when there's an absence of peace. And the Bible says that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Can't devour everybody. He's seeking whom he may devour. And if you back up right before it's spoken of that in scripture, it says, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. So when you're not casting your care on the Lord and when you're not maintaining peace and your heart is open and you have no peace, that's when the enemy comes in and he has the opportunity to do some devouring in our lives. And so you don't have the ability to control everything. You can't control people. You can't necessarily control the government, the weather, whatever. But what the one thing that you do have the ability to do is you have the ability to let not your heart be troubled and maintain that peace. As you maintain that peace, you become undevourable by the enemy. You, the enemy does not know how to manage a peaceful Christian. And what mm. ends up happening is you it's end good. up being more spirit led. You end up being more confident. See, peace is peace. A lot of times is confidence. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. And a lot of times we think of a lion's boldness in his roar, but really a lion's boldness isn't displayed in his roar. You can have the boldness of a chihuahua. You have the boldness of a lion. A chihuahua has always got something to prove, right? <laughs> always barking, always running its mouth. If you look at a lion, most of the time is at rest. A lion most of the time just laying around. That's good. Why? Because the lion knows it's king. The lion can just lay out in the Sahara and have no stress whatsoever because the lion knows who he is. And so our boldness is not, not nervous fault. either. He like looking over his shoulder. <laughs> Truth, man. Anytime I've ever went to the zoo, man, that lion is chilling. And because they don't, they know they're. And so your boldness and your confidence is displayed out of your place of peace. When you have peace, it's, it's easier for you to be who you are because you're not trying to prove anything. You're not trying to be anything. You're just living out of that place of peace. And so I've been teaching on this and I'm going to continue to teach on this for the next several weeks because I really want people to get good at this. Yeah. I want people to get skilled at this. I want people to develop the ability to maintain their peace because nothing should be able to take your peace. You may not have the ability to control your spouse, your kids, this, that, the world, but you do have the ability to let not your heart be troubled, neither let it yeah. be afraid. And to keep that blanket of peace on your heart so that you can be confident, so that you can be restful. We won't even go into the list of things that stress does to the human body. Stress is, it ages people. There, there's a lot of medical things that happen to people as a result of stress. And God has given us a way out of all of these things. He's given yes. us his peace. And so anyway, just learning how to be good at that and navigate that. Because in the days ahead, we need to be spirit led. We don't need to be afraid. And man, you know what? We can enjoy the ride. Yeah, It's a good ride, man. It's not a bad ride, but it's only bad. when, Just like when the disciples, and I'll, I'll finish this thought with this. Just like when the disciples were going to the other side with Jesus, like they were going to the other side. If Jesus says you go on the other side, you go on the other side. That's right. But 
they could have enjoyed the ride if they'd have maintained their peace. Yeah. But they're going to the other side either way. And so that's kind of that's where I'm at right now with the whole peace thing, man, because I feel like God's saying, look, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that's going down and going to go down. But in my kingdom, you don't have to be afraid. You have righteousness, peace, and joy. Just listen to me. Guard your heart with peace. Keep moving forward because I got great days ahead for you mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. Man, that's so good, Jeremiah. We can enjoy the ride. Yeah. Man, that's a lot there to unpack and what you talked about. You hit so much good stuff, man, and how Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. And he said, go to the other side. Like you say, you're going to the other side, right? So enjoy the ride. Don't. The master said, you're going to the other side. He didn't say nothing about we perish. They're like, oh, master, don't you care that we perish? He was chill. He was chill. Yeah. He was always chill. He didn't say nothing about perishing. He said, go to the other side. Come on. (laughs) He was chill all the days of his life. The only time Jesus wasn't chill was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was paying the price for our mental anguish. Yeah. But other than that, why? Because he knew he was right with God. That's right. Nothing to to prove. Nothing to prove. Son of God. Yeah. Enemy tried to trick him. Turn his bread into stone. Cast yeah. yourself in the temple. I don't know. He's like, I'm not performing for you. I know who I am. Yeah. And that same thing's given to us, man. Yeah. Exactly. And you mentioned the lion. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. Man. Mm-hmm. Yes. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion, man. We've got the same, the exact same righteousness as Jesus. Yes. And you spoke about the lion knowing who he is, we should know who we are in Christ, that we're righteous, we're accepted, we're approved, we're well-pleasing to God, we're not guilty, there's no condemnation, and just letting this peace that you talk about be the umpire and rule. And I like what you said about it's an aggressive peace. Yes. Yes. And nobody can take our peace. We have to allow somebody. That's right. By giving our thoughts to the mm-hmm. stuff going on around us that maybe don't look right. And we're not denying what you're talking about is not denying that stuff is happening around us. Come on, that's right. Stuff yeah. we don't like. Like you say, we don't have control over certain things, but we can control whether somebody takes our peace. Yes. And we all right. need to be reminded of these things. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, and as I'm preaching it, I'm just trying to bring it to a different level in my own life. And I'm just marking the things that, that do take your peace. Is it a person? Is it a place? A lot of times, man, it's little things. It's not these big things. It's a, where's my keys? It's a, just small things. But once your peace has been removed and then you leave it to the side and then you're just operating without peace. And man, that's when the flesh riles up and you're living in anger and and just or insecurity or whatever and so i'm just really trying to locate all the things that 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 try to rob me of peace and make sure that it don't and just bring that peace straight back and operate out of that and and actually it becomes fun it's like a game you know what i'm saying you can make it like okay all right all right i see what's robbing me of peace here 
a crying two-year-old. Okay, praise God. It's all good. I don't have to give this two-year-old power over my emotions. Right. I can maintain peace and change his diaper. <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. Yeah, that's true in my life. Oh, man, that's good. That's good. Man, this has been really good. You gave us a lot today, man, and yeah. we'll cut it off. But before we go, I want to say, you encouraged me also, something you said about <clears throat> you're going to be teaching on this for a while. That encourages me because I've been teaching on direction, being spirit-led since the beginning of the year. That's awesome. And I'm seeing results in my own life, in the life of our congregation. And I've never yeah. really stayed on something this long before, but it allows it to get the truths from God's word to get established in people. And yes. it's getting stronger and stronger in them. And they're recalling things from the message and things that the Holy Spirit is showing them and and stuff is popping off in their life. Yeah. I love it. Man. Yeah, it's so good. And I like what you said about increase and prospering. And in these days that we're living in, it doesn't make any difference what the government is doing or the talk of recession or inflation interest rates. We're not governed by that. Yes. God is our source. Yes, sir. Come on. Yes. And so the world, like we're in Goshen, you mentioned Goshen, man, like all around us, things are going to get worse and worse in the world. Things are going to get darker and darker, but the church is going to get brighter and brighter. We're the ones who have the light. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, we're gonna... and at any point they can step into Goshen through Christ. Yes. At any point they can join. Yes. And hopefully it'll just ma it'll just make things more and more attractive and more and more of them will come over. Oh yeah. They're gonna see the light. Yeah. It's impossible not to see it. Yeah, well fair. <laughs> True, man. Yes, sir. Man, this time has flown by. It's almost been an hour. But uh Hey, share this with somebody, those of you that are watching, share this video podcast will be available right here on, on YouTube, right here on this channel. And we're also going to have the audio podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Yeah, it's been good, Jeremiah. I love you, brother. You're so love full you too, of the man. word, man. And yes, sir, we need to get together at some point. I need to drive down there. It's not too far down there in Kentucky. Man, there's a concert in Fort Wayne I'm thinking about hitting up sometime, and I can't remember the date on it. But uh, Who's that? It, what's that? Who Who's in concert? It's called Need to Breathe. That's probably my favorite band. It's my oh, whole really? family's favorite brand. Okay, and, never uh, heard of them. A concert in Fort Wayne, so we were actually checking the schedule a little bit. I can't remember the date or anything like that, but... We were thinking about heading up in that direction because that's not that far away from us. Let me know, man. We'll lay out the red carpet for you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll let you know. I don't. I can't remember the date, but yeah, it's cool. Really cool, man. Jeremiah, thanks for joining us today, bro. Love you, man. You, Love you too, brother. Okay. Go Warriors. Go <laughs> yes, Warriors. <sir. laughs> I'm not going to lose. Hey, if they lose, I'm not going to lose my peace. That's right. But I believe they're going to win. That's right. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I got to know who I am when I'm watching. Because when they lose, man, I'm tempted to be really upset a little bit. And I don't feel very good when they lose. And But I got something to hang on to, the fact that 
Jesus never lost a battle, and we serve someone who finished it at the cross, and we always win because he won on our behalf. So we're always winners, no matter what happens to our sports team. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good, man. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. God bless you, my friend. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.